Welcome to this week's podcast from Capital Church's Young Adult Service. We hope this message encourages you, and thank you for joining us. It says, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And he sowed some seeds uh, fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no roots, they withered away. Other seeds fell, fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on the good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears, let him hear. And then we're going to jump to 18. So Jesus tells this parable, and then this is where the disciples ask. They say, Jesus, what is this parable about? Jesus goes on to explain the parable. Verse 18 says, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away, uh, snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a little while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, and another sixty, and in another thirty. Come on, someone say amen. amen. So, uh, real quick, a little bit about this. So Jesus, uh, just some background, just so you have it. Jesus, uh, he, he, was, he would have walked out onto a boat, sat on a boat. He was teaching a crowd. In this day, uh, uh, teachers would have sat down. Those who pupils would have been listening would be standing. So you have a few hundred people um, on the shores who are listening to Jesus teach this parable. Um, and Jesus often, he spoke in these parables where it was kind of this like uh, you couldn't fully understand it. But then as you stayed close to Jesus, it would, it would be revealed. You had to kind of search for the meaning of what Jesus was talking about in these parables. Um, And so that's kind of the background of uh, what we have and where we are right now. Um, Man, have you guys ever, um, who has kids in here? I know a few of you do. Okay. Right on, a few of you do. Well, like I said, I have a seven-month-old, my wife and I, his name is Declan, and he is phenomenal. Um, We love him so, so much, but uh, Declan's so funny, and I'm just going to share a few things he does, but like recently he's been doing the cutest thing um, ever. He, he's finding out that he has hands, and so he's starting to like, he'll be laying down on his little play mat that mom and I just got him, and he'll like lift his hands up like this, and he'll start like looking at him, and he's like so captivated by his hand. Like babies just do the craziest stuff. So entertaining. Um, He, I just told you, but he is um, teething, so he's got a tooth that's popping in right now, which, man, if you have kids and you have teething kids, come on, you know it's, it's crazy, Um, but he, he's teething right now, um, 
but we, we love him so much. He just, he's such a joy and he does um, so many funny things. But one of the things that he does that is so funny is um, when my wife or I or someone holds him, he loves to grab your hair. And so as we hold him, he'll like, he'll grab your hair and he'll want to like, like pull your hair and then he'll want to like bite you. <laughs> well, so my wife and I are trying to teach him like, hey, bud, you, you can't do that. So we'll say, Declan, nobody, you can't bite, you can't grab people's hair. Well, he's seven months old. <laughs> so he just doesn't get it. So he just, he smiles. <laughs> and he pulls your hair. And you're like, okay, clearly he does not get what we mean. He's seven months old. Um, okay, so, uh, and this happens with a lot of different stuff with him because he's only seven months old. But what's interesting is Declan hears his mom and he hears his dad, but he doesn't understand us, right? He, he hears us, the words go in his ears, but there's no change in behavior. For him, he just smiles and he laughs and he continues to pull your hair. Right? So he hears, but he doesn't actually understand uh, what it is that we're saying. Uh, in Matthew's gospel, uh, Jesus is telling a parable. So he's trying to get the disciples in the crowd not just to listen to this parable, but he's trying to get them to also understand what he's saying and to be able to receive what he's saying. Very different things, right? Like Declan heard mom and dad, but did not understand or receive what mom and dad said. So Jesus, uh, he, he tells a story about uh, a person, and, and the parable, it isn't necessarily Jesus who's sowing the seeds, but he's just talking about this farmer who sows seeds, and uh, he says that he sows these seeds on four different types of soil. Someone say four. Four different types of soil. Um, and so this, this parable is actually, sorry, I got feedback, uh, hoping you're awake. Uh, this parable, uh, it's a story about different conditions of our heart as it relates to the receptivity of Jesus and his teachings. Okay, someone say receptivity. receptivity. That's just a fun word to say, so I was going to have you say it. But, uh, so Jesus, he, he, lists, uh, he lists these four different soils that represent hearers of his word. Um, and so the, the, four different, um, the four different types show varying receptiveness to what they hear. Okay, here's what's interesting about this parable. Every single person there, scholars would say there's probably a few hundred people plus the disciples. Um, scholars would say, uh, you know, it was just, it was, when Jesus would come to teach, lots of people would come to listen because he was Jesus, right? He's God. If you don't know, you know, hopefully you will know soon. But um, he was uh, just a brilliant teacher, Here's what's interesting is every single person heard the same word that Jesus taught, but everybody responded differently. Okay, so we're going to talk about these four different types of soil. Um, and then at the end, we're going we're gonna, to uh, do some response and we're going to pray. I think that God's going to do something really special. Um, but the first, um, the first person you can write this down is the unreceptive heart. This is, um, and I think that Jesus starts with this because I think he knows that the heart is crucial. Yeah. And uh, I think that this is why Jesus starts on this one. Um, see, the heart actually has the power to impact every other area of our lives. 
It does. It's Proverbs, it says this in Proverbs 4.23. It says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Okay, you guys probably know this, but the physical heart in your body is the most, one of the most important organs in your body. It supplies blood to the rest of your body so you can live. Okay, the heart that the Bible talks about isn't necessarily this fleshy organ that pumps blood. Excuse me. The heart that the Bible talks about is actually the innermost part of the human. It's talking about the spirit of the man. Okay, so uh, this is actually the home of the Holy Spirit. Um, So the word of God, it has the power to save if it's able to take root in someone's heart. It has the power to save if it takes root in someone's heart. This is why the devil is so adamant on the word of God not getting into your heart. Because he realizes that, hey, if this word actually gets into their heart and it actually takes root, it has the power to save them from death, hell, sin, and the grave, and they have everlasting life with God himself. So Satan is attempting all the time to try to get the word that God wants to implant not to be implanted into our heart. So the first here we see in uh, Matthew 13, here's what's interesting. He knows there's some spiritual truth intended for him. So he listens to Jesus. But here's the thing with this first person, the first here. Because he does not act on what he hears, eventually what happens, it's taken away. Because he does not act on what God spoke to him, eventually the word is taken away. We see in the parable, it's the bird. The bird comes and he picks up the seed and he takes it away. It's a, it's, it's a representation of the evil one, of the devil who takes away the word of God when we hear it, but we don't act on it. See, hearing is not enough. So when we hear the word of God, that's not enough. We have to learn to act on the word of God. We have to learn to act on the word of God. James 1.22 It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do, someone say, do, do do what it says. Do what it says. See, delayed obedience is disobedience. So some of you are frustrated right now with your walk with Jesus because God's been speaking things to you, but when he speaks something to you, you don't act and actually do something about it. And so what happens is you are disobedient to the word God spoke to you. You know what happens over time is the longer that, we, uh, that God speaks to us and we don't act on it, what ends up happening is that our heart starts to get hard. Yes. It starts to hard. God tries to speak something to us, and then when we don't respond, James says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. When we don't do what God asked us to do, what happens is the heart starts to harden. This is what Jesus is is explaining. He's saying, this is the heart that's hard. And so what happens is when I try to speak to you, the enemy comes in and he starts to take away the word that I want to implant in your life because you have not acted on what I've said to do. Right? Some of you, I want to be honest, some of you have gotten into a relationship you know you're not supposed to be in. And God's spoken to you about it. He's used pastors. He's used communities spoken to you. And, and out of disobedience, you have not responded to that word. And what happens is your heart is starting to harden. Yeah. 
So when God wants to continue to speak more things, it gets harder and it gets harder and it gets harder to hear what God is speaking. Some of you, um, let's be real. Some of you uh, were supposed to do insurance this last year. You didn't do it. Right? God spoke something to you, but because you did not act on it, what happens is you start to, your heart starts to harden. It becomes harder to receive what God has for you. Um, any golfers in here? Anyone love golfing? Bridgie loves to golf. Okay, we're going to go golf soon then. Come on. Who, I didn't see who else raised their hand. I want to see who golfs in here. Come on, someone wants to try? We can teach you. We'll do a little CYA golf outing. Come on. Well, listen, one of the, one of the worst things when you're golfing, if you golf, you know this. One of the worst things when you're golfing is if your ball lands next to a tree, you know how trees have like roots that come out of it? Someone's like, no, that's how a tree lives, okay? It has to be nourished, so it has roots. Uh, but if you, if you golf, you know this. If you ever try to swing when your ball is next to a tree and it's accidentally been on a root, what happens is you come down and your club hits the root and just, it shocks all the way up through your body. It's the worst thing a golfer can experience. Some people are like, it's not a contact sport. I'm like, yeah, have you ever hit a root in a tree before? <laughs> like, it'll change your life. <laughs> okay, I, sometimes I just, I take it too far. <laughs> but this, this is what it's like. This is what it's like when God tries to send his word. What happens is your heart has become so callous and so hard because we have not obeyed the word he's spoken again and again and again. It's like this. God's like, woo, boom, woo. And your heart deflects it. It can't receive what God is trying to speak to you. That's what Jesus is explaining this first uh, this first here is he's that who hears the word, but he does not act on the word. So therefore he cannot receive what God has and his heart begins to harden. The second one is the shallow heart. Someone say the shallow heart. So the shallow heart is this person. The shallow heart is the one who they hear the word of God and they initially they receive it with great joy. <laughs> you, you probably know someone like this. It's like, okay. You know, you come and, and you hear the word of God and they respond, they're enthusiastic, they're excited, right? But here's what's challenging. The challenge is because the soil of their heart is so shallow, the seeds received, but the growth is superficial. When I uh, got saved, I was 18 years old. Uh, I went to an event called Compel. Some of you have probably been to Compel. Hey, yo. And um, I got saved at Capel. What's interesting, I didn't really commit to Jesus, if I'm being honest. I didn't commit to Jesus until I turned 21. Okay, three years where I invited Jesus into my life, three years went by until I said, no, you know what? Jesus, I am going to give you everything. I'm going to follow what you have for my life. I'm going to listen to your word, and I'm going to respond to your word. Three years went by to where I didn't act on what God was asking me to do. So what this person lacks, write this down. This person lacks depth. They lack depth. So uh, emotions have been moved. Right? They've heard the word of God. Emotions have been stirred. They're zealous. They're excited about the things of God. 
but there's no true deep conviction and there's no true repentance. Okay, this is where we call emotionalism. It's where we're more excited about the feelings of Christianity than we are about obedience to God's word. It's because of a, a shallow heart. The soil is shallow in our heart. So when Jesus speaks, the word comes in, but it can't take root. It's shallow. And, and this is common. This is common today for people who, uh, who chase experiences. You see people who want to go to the next youth camp, or they want to go to the next worship service, or uh, they want to go to the next conference, the next big thing. Okay, that's okay, but if you're just in it for the feeling or if it's just emotionally driven, there's going to be no real fruit in your life. And here's the interesting part about this person that Jesus references, the one with the, with the shallow soil in his heart. Because there's no real depth of understanding, what happens is as soon as life gets hard, this person gives up. As soon as something difficult comes into your life, it's like, ah, I don't really know if I want Jesus anymore. Man, this relationship is challenging. I don't know if I want Jesus anymore. Man, work has been really tough. Man, I don't know if I can keep my faith. Jesus, I don't know if I want you anymore. Because there's a shallowness in the heart of this person, when trials come, when persecution comes, when difficulty comes, they abandon Jesus. Because there's no root where the word can actually be planted in someone's heart. Most translations say, uh, uh, in this it says, uh, most translations say that he falls away. Says he falls away. But there's something more than this. He actually takes offense at Jesus. This person is the one who says, uh, okay, not only do I, am I not going to do this, but Jesus, I'm actually offended at you because I feel like this is because of you. So they begin to take offense at Jesus. That's what this person does. Uh, statistics say that young people are leaving faith more since the coronavirus pandemic. It's believed that 29% of adults have left church in the last two years, and the majority of those are young people. When isolation, sickness, fear, and anxiety hit our nation the past two years, many people felt the suffering, and their faith was too shallow to keep them connected. So what happens? As soon as this person meets difficulty, as soon as this person meets a challenge, they abandon Jesus. And they start to blame God instead of trusting him. There's no depth within their hearts. Galatians 1.6 says, I'm amazed that you are so quickly uh, deserting him who called you by, grace of, by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Uh, number three, the preoccupied heart. Write down the preoccupied heart. This person is, uh, they're the one who, they hear the word uh, and they actually listen to the word, but um, where they struggle is uh, their attention for the word has to battle against all the other cares and affairs of their life. So God speaks something to them, but the challenge for this person who has a preoccupied heart is that they can't get around to hearing what God wants to say because they're too busy doing other things. Like some of us 
Can we be honest? Some of us are so concerned with making money that when God says something to us, we can't prioritize his voice. Or some of us getting famous. We just, you know, we want to be famous. We want to post things on social media to where, uh, you know, we can get known and we can get seen. Some of us, it's becoming successful. If I could just become successful, if I could just get to the next level, if I could just do a little bit more to get a little bit more, then I'll be content. This is the person Jesus says, when I come to speak to you, you are too busy doing things that you can't receive my word. You're preoccupied. So some of us are so weighed down with worries and anxieties and fears and the what ifs that it crowds out the word of God in our lives. I, uh, I used to work at Ruth's Chris. Anyone like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse? Hey, yo, if you don't, come on. You're probably a Chandler's fan. That's all right. <laughs> Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, I used to work there. We used to have these trays. And uh, you, like, if you've ever been a server, you know they have these huge oval trays you have to pick up from, like, um, from uh, tables, you have to pick up their plates and like their dishware. It's the craziest thing because you'll walk up to the table and you know, might be like four, five, six, seven, eight people, and you got all their plates, you got all their glasses, you got all their silverware. You have to put it all on this one little plate, and then you have to put it on your shoulder and walk it through the restaurant and hope nothing falls off. Like, anyone been a server and done this before? Come on, it's actually a gift. Like, not everyone can do that. It's really challenging to do. But this, this is what it's like when we try to carry all the cares of the world, when we try to carry all the things in life. It's like this. We're carrying and balancing all these things. Okay, I got to get more money. Okay, I just want to be successful. I just want to be known. Okay, oh my gosh, I have all these fears and anxieties and worries and all these things going on. And Jesus speaks to us, but we can't receive it. We're too busy with everything else we're trying to balance. Uh, someone said this. They said, there is so much traffic and activity upon the heart that the word of God cannot take root. They hear the word, but they have no understanding. This person keeps themselves so busy with activity that they do not have time to, comp- to contemplate spiritual things. They run, they run to and fro at a frantic pace. Uh, when they do slow down, they keep their minds busy by the bombar- bombardment of media, news, and entertainment. Um, No room, no time, no opportunity exists for the word to take root. If they hear the word, their heart is so trampled down by frantic activity, they have no time to consider it. The evil one snatches it away with speed. This is who Jesus is talking about. He's saying there's some people who are so preoccupied that when I try to come to you to bring you my word, you can't receive it. Some of you in here are so preoccupied with a relationship I'm not saying the relationship is bad, but you're so preoccupied with the relationship, you can't hear what God is saying. Some of you are trying so hard to, to and this isn't bad, but to be successful, trying so hard to, to make more money that when God comes to speak to you, you can't receive it. Okay, and the fourth one, this is the fruitful heart. And write this down, the fruitful heart. This is the heart that is ready and supernaturally prepared for accepting God's word. So this is, this is the one who, uh, 
the soil is soft and it's ready to receive whatever God would say. So the person that has this heart, that is a fruitful heart, you know what they've done? They've taken time with the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, God, I'm going to give that up. You know what? This is no longer beneficial. I'm going to actually lay this down. Jesus, instead of spending so much time on Netflix and on social media, I'm going to start to give attention to you. This is what Jesus is asking. Jesus wants to speak and give us his word, but he's looking for the person who says, I'm going to give up some of these things to make room to where God, you can come in and you can give me your word and that I will be transformed. This is the soil that God wants to, uh, that God wants to produce in us so that when God speaks to us, it doesn't fall on deaf ears. We don't not take action. We're not preoccupied with so many other things, but when God speaks, we listen and we understand that's what Jesus is looking for. So this person, they've let go of all the crowded worries of the world. They've slowed themselves from distractions. And as a result, they now have a receptive heart ready to respond to the word, to the word of God in inaction. This is the soil that God is looking for. And the band can come forward. We're almost done. But this is, this is my question tonight is, what type of soul is in your heart? What type of soil is in your heart? See, the first soil was the unreceptive path. It's the hardened heart that doesn't have any interest in Jesus or the gospel. Some of you, you came to this camp, and you might be thinking right now, man, this is me. God's been speaking things to me that I haven't acted on. God, that's me. I have that, I have that hardened heart. Or God, you've spoke things to me and I haven't acted on it. Some of you, that's you tonight. God's been asking you to do things. He's been speaking things to you that you haven't done. And now your heart is beginning to get hard. The second one, the soil is superficial gravel or the shallow heart with no roots as seen in uh, as soon as persecution or suffering comes, the heat and the sun scorches them. Some of you cannot withstand trials or difficulty or challenges because you have no real depth in your heart. You've let God have a little bit of you, but you haven't let God have all of you. Some of you, you're like the one who, who's preoccupied. You have so much going on in your life that when Jesus tries to come in and do something, you don't have time for it. It's like, yeah, no, God, I love you, but I also love all these other things. I love you, but God, I also am preoccupied with this relationship, with this job. I'm preoccupied with spending time doing other things and being with you. The preoccupied heart. Some of you, Jesus wants to come in tonight. He wants to get your attention. He's knocking at the door of your heart. And he's saying, hey, if you would make me the greatest focus of your life, everything would change. If you'd be willing to give up some of those distractions, if you'd be willing to give up some of those things that have been holding you back from, from spending time with me, from being in your word, from praying, from spending time in godly community, Man, I would come in and change your life. 
come on, Jesus is looking for us to have the soil of our hearts ready to receive God's word. So I just want to do this tonight. Uh, I feel like there's there's a few of you in, in quite a few of these camps. Uh, either you just, you have a shallowness in your heart and when God speaks to you, you feel like you just can't receive it. Or maybe you're one of the other ones and tonight I just feel like God wants to come in and he wants to do something really fresh and brand new in your life. And so what we're gonna do is uh, the band's continuing to play. Um, I just want to ask if uh, if there's anyone in here, if that's any of you, or you would say, God, I feel like I have not given you my best. I feel like I have not prepared my heart to receive what you want to speak to me. If that's you in here tonight and you just want the Holy Spirit to come in and do a fresh, brand new work in your life, I'm just going to ask you on the count of three, would you just stand real quick? Would you stand, you would say, that's me. Jesus, I want you to come in. I recognize that there's areas of my heart that that uh, Lord need to be changed. There's areas of my heart where, Lord, I've put other things before you. Come on, is there anyone in here tonight? You would say, that's me. Anyone in here? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to pray for you. I just believe that tonight the Holy Spirit is doing a fresh, brand new work inside of each and every one of you. Father, you see every person standing in this room. Lord, you know the conditions of their heart. God, you know the things that they've been going through. God, you know the challenges. Lord, you know the struggles. You know the temptations. God, you know what it is that they're up against. But Father, tonight we ask by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask that you would begin to do a fresh work inside of your people's hearts. God, those who have felt preoccupied with the cares of the world tonight, Holy Spirit, remind them that you are the desire of their hearts. God, those who, who have felt like it's just been, it's just been the shallowness. There's just been uh, this, there's been an excitement. There's been a joy, but they haven't fully let you come in and change their hearts. God, I pray that tonight by the power of your spirit, Lord, you would come in and you would touch these people. And Lord, I pray that you would begin to create new depth in their hearts. I pray you'd begin to create new depth of soil to where God, as your word would be spoken, Lord, that it would begin to seep down into their hearts and that they would begin to act and walk out, God, what you've asked them to. And Holy Spirit, Lord, for, Lord, for the last group, Lord, for those who Um, of course, I forgot the last one. Jesus. Oh, actually, I think we did them all. So, Father, I just thank you that you are. You're doing a fresh work 
inside of these people tonight. And Lord, we just pray that, God, I'm reminded even of that story of, of uh, Martha and Mary. And it's interesting, one of them comes and Jesus comes into the house and he begins to, to teach and to speak. And uh, in this time for a woman to come and sit at the feet of a disciple was crazy. They wouldn't do it. And one of them comes and sits at the feet of Jesus. Well, the other one is busy doing things in the house, doing things in the kitchen. She was actually where she was supposed to be. And what Jesus does is she says, no, 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 no. The one who sits here, the one who's sitting at my feet listening to me, she understands. She knows who I am and she wants to receive what it is that I have to say. Some of you tonight, you need to reprioritize your focus. You need to begin to reprioritize your life around King Jesus to where Jesus becomes the most important part of your life, where Jesus becomes the most important thing in your life. It's not success. It's not money, it's not fame, it's not being known, it's not getting ahead. No, it's King Jesus. It's all about Jesus, and it will always be about Jesus. Come on, so I just wanna do this. If you feel like, and I don't, I don't need everyone to come up here, but if uh, you feel like the Holy Spirit is really needing you to repent for something. Some of you, uh, you've been disobedient to God. Some of you, there's things in your life where God's spoken to you, you have not done it. There's areas where you need to, where you need to say, God, I've chosen my way, not your way. And tonight I wanna repent and I wanna turn back to you. If that's you, I'm just gonna ask you to come forward. There's gonna be, there's gonna be a handful of you where you'd say, God, I need to, I need to trust you again. Lord, you've, you've spoken something to me and you know what? I wasn't obedient. I wasn't faithful to what you said. And so I'm gonna repent. And God, I'm gonna turn back to you. I believe God's gonna do a fresh work in some of you tonight. He is, he's gonna do a brand new work in some of you tonight. As you step out in faith, as you say, Jesus, I believe that you have a plan for my life. Jesus, I believe that you have a word for me. I just want you to, if you're up here, would you just lift your hands to heaven? Father, I thank you so much for these people. Father, I thank you so much for just the sensitivity of their heart. God, that they recognize tonight that there's areas of their life that God are being changed. Lord, there's areas of their life that they're turning away and they're turning back to you, King Jesus. Man, Father, I thank you that you are. You're doing something brand new inside of these people. You're doing something brand new. Lord, I thank you that even hurting hearts, God, right now you're restoring. God, those who've been hurt from relationships, those who have past pain, Lord, I thank you that right now by the power of your spirit, God, you are restoring broken hearts. The Bible says you are near to the brokenhearted. And so God, I thank you that you would heal hearts tonight. Lord, I pray even for minds that have been warped, minds that have been shaped, Lord, by, by things of the world. 
Lord, I thank you that your word is coming right now and you're beginning to reshape their minds. Lord, I thank you that you give them the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ. Father, we pray even against thinking patterns, Lord, things that have kept people in a certain situation or certain pattern of their life. I thank you that right now by your spirit, Father, you are bringing breakthrough. You are bringing a fresh, brand new insight, fresh, brand new understanding. Thank you right now for fresh anointing. Lord, I thank you that the word says your anointing, it breaks every yoke of bondage. And so I thank you that tonight, off of these people, you would break the bondage in Jesus' name. Break the bondage in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you that you're releasing your people, God. Lord, into all that you have for them. Lord, we thank you that you have a destiny for these people, that you have a calling for these people, that, Lord, you have a plan, that you plan to give them a hope and a future. And so, Father, I thank you that right now you're speaking to your people. I thank you. If you just want to hear from God, would you just lift your hands to heaven? Lord, you're speaking to your people. Holy Spirit, I ask that right now you would begin to give fresh revelation to your people. God, I thank you that right now you would open up the windows of heaven and you would begin to speak fresh to your people. I see, I see, I see a new depth coming to some of you. Some of you are going to step into things in this next season where God's going to give you the ability to have a new depth. There's going to be a new strength over your life. Some of you where it's been hard, where it's been difficult, where you feel like, I can't give up these certain things, and I just feel like I can't commit to Jesus. Right now, Jesus is doing a fresh work. Right now, in Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray all across this room, Lord, any spirit of bondage, Lord, any spirit of distraction, we take authority over that in Jesus' name, and we decree freedom in this room. God, your word says that where there, the spirit of the Lord is, it says there's liberty and it says there's freedom. And so, Father, we prophesy freedom in this room. Father, those that have been bound, those that have been just distracted with the cares of life, freedom in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, you're doing something right now in this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. To stay connected with our community, you can follow us at Capital Young Adults.